tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about Any Way the Wind Blows by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount, and we are talking about chapters 22 and 24, which are both Agatha chapters, so we've just combined the two for everyone's ease and narrative flow, including our own to discuss it. Exactly. All right, so these summaries are going to be combined, everyone. Uh, Agatha is avoiding her dad at the office and is hiding, wiping down counters when Neve finds her to apologize for her uh, not great bedside manner with Simon the other day. Agatha leans into the empathetic part of herself and tells Neve that it's uh, not her fault because waves at Simon's whole deal. <laughs> uh, Dr. Wellbeloved interrupts to confirm that Neve is going to Watford and voluntold Agatha to go too, since, you know, one book ago, aka three weeks ago, she was also studying to be a vet. The only thing Agatha wants less than to be in a car with Neve is to go back to Watford. Understandable. Uh, she has a little bit of a panic on the way, so they pull over so Agatha can get some air while, uh, Neve tries to get our girl to hydrate. During this time, we learn that this whole trip is to check on the Watford goats, which uh, were not just Epps goats, but it belonged to the school itself. But even more importantly, we learned that Neve was some kind of legendary lacrosse player when Agatha was at school and basically fangirled all over uh, Brody, quote unquote, Neve's last name as she went by in school. And... LOL did not recognize that Neve is Brody until literally this chapter. Neve, though, gives Agatha a window of what it was like to be at Watford and not to be in the galaxy of Simon Snow, and it's not a flattering look for Agatha. Thankfully, a Watford goat arrives, and Neve stops the conversation to go wrangle it. It's a goat, though, so it's tricky, until Agatha raises her wand and somehow convinces the goat by singing Mary Had a Little Lamb to follow her back to Watford, to the surprise of both of our ladies. We get some not at all going to be relevant in later chapters about how it's weird that the goats keep wandering away because I really shouldn't do that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, really quick before we get started, I just want to remind everyone about the Gaily Planet because we haven't really talked about it. But, you know, if you only listen to this podcast because you weren't into Harry Potter... Uh, we don't talk about Harry Potter anymore, and we replaced The Gaily Prophet with The Gaily Planet, which is a podcast where we talk about whatever the fuck we want to. Um, it's super fun over there. And this month, we talked about Chuck Tingle's newest horror novel, and then we talked to Chuck Tingle about his newest horror novel, and you can listen to that right now if you head to The Gaily Planet, in addition to a bunch of other great stuff. And even if you're not a big horror fan, if you like content like queer people and rad autistic characters listen to our camp damascus episode (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Yes. Our conversation about the book is not scary at all. And our interview is obviously not scary at all. So yeah. Anyway, that's it. Um, show notes. Everything is there. And now we're going to get into Easy Come, Easy Go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Uh, I just want to point out that peak white collar life is knowing where you can go to do a thing where no one will bother you to do something else that's harder. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure this also exists in like the service industry to a lesser extent, but yeah, knowing where you need to go restock a closet or wipe something down or go file a thing in the filing closet, basement, wherever, it's very important. <laughs> I, th- I think this exists in like almost every industry. Being like, I don't want to be the one that gets assigned to clean up this vomit. Let me just like disappear around a corner. And if anyone finds me, I'm still clearly working. Like, yeah, I've had that be, you know, whether I was like, waiting tables or like being a cashier there's always a way that you can be like "Ooh, i really don't want to be the one that gets stuck with that let me go clean up the carts from the parking lot that's urgent right now gotta go oh my god uh probably because everyone i've been re-watching season one of our flag means death the scene of like lucius just with the hammer like hammering nothing <laughs> uh to, to look like he's working <laughs> yeah Oh, he's just oh, tapping gosh. with a hand. He's just tapping the rail with a mallet, and it's just like you're clearly not doing anything. Not even facing it, just like <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> Faggiest hand hammer using ever. I mean, honestly, goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my first note is fucking Rainbow Rowell coming for my car again, a second time in two books. <laughs> She's been like Ford Fiesta, worst possible car a person can have. <laughs> I'm like, rude, that's my car. I feel like I like don't know anything about cars, but I feel like people often shit on like a budget Ford car. Like if it's not a Ford Fiesta, it's a like, oh God, what was before that? The Ford Focus? <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Fords are terrible. I'm not going to defend Ford as like being a company that makes good cars. Yeah, they, they do They don't. Nope. But, you know, I love a tiny hatchback. It's exactly the car that i want it's black and it's tiny and it does its job stop insulting my car mine has air conditioning at least (laughs) very helpful you can't have the air conditioning on while driving up really big hills where it starts going really slow but at least the air conditioning i mean listen i have definitely driven cars where the air conditioning did not work at all so having to even turn it off to go up a hill seems to me like all right that's fine good enough yeah it wasn't a problem in the midwest it's more of a problem here where there are mountains yeah um okay i'm just gonna say that i would read a book called 50 shades of frowns especially (laughs) if it was about an autistic butch lesbian veterinarian (laughs) i'm just saying that's like really just like a circle of a venn diagram of so many of my interests (laughs) yeah no that's super fair And it's, that sounds like the title of a Rainbow Rowell novel. I'm just saying like this, Honestly, maybe you should pitch it to her, you know? (laughs) Where is our Neve novella about either her at school or her post these series? Either one, I don't care. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be so good. Oh, I know. 
Um, okay, so there was this really beautiful thing that Rainbow Rowell did where, you know, we have our impending couples, you know, doing their flirting here. And in the last chapter, we had Penny say, you can't think without being critical and judgmental. It's literally the process. And Shepard's like, the way you do it, yes. And then here, (laughs) Agatha's like, lacrosse is a non-contact sport. And Neve is like, yeah, the way you played it. And I'm like, I see what you did there. That's lovely. It's very cute. Uh, I meant this in my summary, but I'm just like really glad that we get a reminder that is like a whole book ago that Agatha did want to be a vet. So it's a little bit like, you could have been clicking over this. Like, you, you weren't you literally in a program to do this? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. But we did learn that the world of mages is so small that they only need one vet. So it's possible that Agatha is actually feeling really resentful of Neve for having stepped into the role of the only vet in the world of mages <laughs> before Agatha could claim it. Um, though I think she never wanted to be a magical vet, but it seems like right now she's like, oh, if I have to be in the magical world, I might as well. I guess that is weird because I'm just like, we live she is a horse girl. It's like, I feel like horse medicine, horses are built so fragilely. They're like Ikea furniture. Like you need, <laughs> they need a lot of veterinary care. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just wanted, she never, she wanted to leave this world, you know? She just wanted to be a regular vet for regular animals yeah. that have a normal number of heads and uh <laughs> don't breathe fire you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. don't spread malice or whatever nightmares do so you know yeah exactly i'm <laughs> um, speaking of magical animals my last thing here is the fact that neve convinced uh had mistress bunce to euthanize the werewolves and then students led a protest and i was like of course they did <laughs> yeah <laughs> they probably don't even like the merwolves they're just like I would have been one of them, you know, which I think is why I'm so eye rolly about it, where I'm like, the merwolves are awful. Yeah. I, Children. <laughs> uh, yeah. As someone who would have also been that person in school, I'm just like, whatever four vegetarians are at Watford, we're like, how dare you murder these yeah. majestic, dangerous creatures? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. considering there's like, I don't know, 150 kids that go to Watford, it's like, you get 10 people, you're like, actually, that's a pretty sizable percentage of our student body. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh. Oh. This is a great reminder, though, for our listeners that we do have a Merwolf t-shirt in our shop that I personally think is pretty great. If you two would not be the person to not want to euthanize the Merewolves, you should definitely get one. <laughs> I mean, you can want them euthanized and still want the shirt. <laughs> Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. All right, I just want to start off with a small thing with Agatha when she's like telling Neve, it's like, no worries about Simon. If he wants to get them done, he'll just like do it himself or get attacked by a heartbeat and like (laughs) whatever. And I feel like that level of impulsiveness is pretty spot on. And it also, at the same time, really reminds me of Simon in the uh, AU zine, My Rosebud Boy, who is just like impulsively getting a bajillion tattoos Mm -hmm. of negative quality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so if that Agatha had that same assessment, she would be spot on. This is pretty spot on for our Agatha. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do, I guess if we're talking about Agatha, I want to talk. <laughs> I, you know, we love Agatha here. I love her so much. She is so rude <laughs> in this chapter. <laughs> Just the part where... I mean, she at least doesn't say out loud when Neve is like, I'm only three years older than you. And Agatha's like, God, have you already made that many bad skinned care decisions? <laughs> and then she says out loud, snakes alive. What happened to you? I know. <laughs> you know, I think I, I think I would feel worse about that if Neve didn't also, Neve's dialogue is very, is very blunt. Uh, and so Agatha's just like, wait, what? And it's, so I feel like it's a little bit like they're both just being very, uh, they're not mincing their words with, e- with each other is I guess how I feel about that. But you are right. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think that Neve was super offended by it, but that doesn't change the fact that like, what an outrageously rude thing to say to someone's She's, face. Right. <laughs> What happened? Oh I'm God. in a high stress school situation, which you should know if you knew anything about how vet school is, which is yeah. just like med school, but worse because I mean, I guess money and also, I don't know. I mean, the whole medical, the whole way we train medical professionals is just deeply garbage anyway. But yeah. Yeah. I want to move on to Neve, which is where the bulk of my notes in this section are. Yeah, please. Let's do it. Sorry, my first note is, LOL, does Neve just have perpetual bitch face? JK, it's autism. Uh, because of just the amount of, like, Agatha's, like, characterizing Neve's facial expression is a variety of frowning. <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, yeah, but it's also just, that's just the way that their face is. <laughs> like, yeah, we do get this, like, beautiful, I don't know, uh autistic need confirmation and the fact that she's like i never would have thought to use that spell they're not lambs they're goats and then she's like your dad is always telling me that i'm too literal it's like whether or not you meant to rainbow rowell like you wrote a like pretty well roundedly written autistic character so that's nice yeah i hope that's on that's on purpose (laughs) yeah and like I guess tell me if, if my assessment of this is wrong. I also feel like Agatha thinks that it's rude that Neve is just like, okay, but Eb Petty is dead. And I feel like I'm reading that as Neve doesn't want to explain to you the like lightning fast processing that she is doing in order to be like, why this is relevant information and is only just giving the like, okay, but this person is dead. We still have, we still have to take care of the school goats. Like... We need to, like, this This isn't the topic at hand. The goat to the topic at hand. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. Where it's just, like, why do you keep talking about what Eb did? Because Eb is gone. And, like, I think the problem is that Agatha, no one knows. I think no one but Neve knows that these goats are really fucking important. But she thinks that everyone knows. Like, later in the book, she's pretty horrified to be like, did no one teach all of you, like, and it's the mage's fault, but like, you know, why does no one know that these goats are so important? But she's operating from the assumption right now that Agatha knows that if the goats leave, Watford will fail. And so she's just like, why 
why do you keep talking about Ab? Like, yeah, that's nice. But right now there's no one to take care of these fucking goats. And like, we have to take care of the goats. Yeah, no, that yeah, that is basically how I was reading it. Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Um, I honestly, I cannot imagine how terrible it must feel for Agatha to be literally having a panic attack about going back to Watford because of all of the trauma she's experienced at Watford and to in that moment be told like no one thinks that the things that were happening to you are real. I I don't think she can process it right now. It doesn't seem like she's processing it right now, but I think that later that's going to fuck her up so bad. Like that's so so terrible. Yeah. Not like people are doing something wrong, but that it would it must feel terrible, you know. Right. And I and I feel like it is I don't think it's like Neve's fault. And it's just kind of like, right, if the mage isn't of course naturally not telling any student body what the fuck is going on, then like a lot of these sort of humdrum fighting slash kidnapping that Agatha experienced would just seem like deep inconveniences for the rest of the student body, you know, which I mean, Neve basically confirms in this chapter in the last chapter about whatever someone was fighting on the lacrosse field or whatever. And so it really just feels like one of those things where a little bit of context would have helped, would have, you know, probably not had the rest of the, I guess the world of mages be like, Oh yeah. Like it's so, Hmm. Is, like, is Agatha doing something to make herself get kidnapped? Because that's a lot of times to be kidnapped. And it's just like, that's not not a good look. Well, I mean, I I think we can talk more in Caught in a Landslide about what the rest of the student body was seeing. Because I don't necessarily think that, like, it's unreasonable what Neve is reporting. I just think that it sucks for Agatha to hear and also it sucks, especially while she's actively having like a trauma response to the things that Neve is like, mm, really though? Yeah, true. Yeah, I hope at some point uh, I got to get some therapy to <laughs> work this out. Seriously. Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. So yeah, if we can pick up where we left off, because it just makes so much sense to me that everyone else would be like, they're obviously creating these situations. Um, I feel like we've all had, you know, at least one friend where you're like, really though? Yeah. How is it possible that like this many terrible things are happening to you and like you try to be like open but also at the same time sometimes it's just like i don't know man especially in high school right it's like what's more likely that you know six dangerous creatures break into watford and attack the same three kids multiple times a year or that simon is sneaking werewolves onto campus so that he can fight them because he has like a danger canker like showing off or whatever you know yeah yeah and i also think there's like an extra layer of neve's perception of agatha as being essentially one of the like popular girls even though as we get in carrying on from agatha's perspective it's not like she necessarily has friends at watford you know so i feel like she would never be like but 
no, what are you what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't think she had friends, period, because she never liked Penny. So she had Simon, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure for everyone else, what's like, okay, well, you're rich. Your dad's like only magic, like one of the few magical doctors. And like, you're always right. Getting kidnapped and being rescued in like deeply dramatic ways, you know? And I think if you're just like a regular teen with like regular problems, you're kind of just like, "Eh, that's happening over there. Like whatever they're fucking doing over there is just some weird rich people bullshit. I'm just trying to get through school and not be attacked by a armadillo or whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. And I think especially with the kidnapping stuff, who sees that? You know, they might see, they see the pain deer, they see the werewolves, but the the kidnapping, the being stuck down a well, whatever, that's just a story that gets related later. So it must, yeah, it must be like, yeah, okay, princess, like you got kidnapped again. I'm literally just putting this together now, especially if like, I don't know, you're in history of language or whatever the fuck. And you're like, uh, I have like, like Agatha's my partner for this project, but she's not here. And it's like, oh yeah, she's been kidnapped. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's been kidnapped. Whatever. Like, (laughs) what the fuck do I do now (laughs) for this project? You know? So I, so I feel like if you think about it in the way that like you're in school and you're living on campus and you're just like, why the fuck is Agatha never at anything? Or you're like one of her teammates and you're just like, you're supposed to be here for these playoffs and you've been kidnapped. And you can't make it? Oh, okay. Right. Totally. Yeah. I really I really love having this. I feel like I never thought about what does it look like outside of the trio. Not just in this book, but like in any series, really, where you are hanging out with the heroes, TM, the ones that the things are happening to. And it's like, yeah, what does that look like to everyone else? I guess we see it a little bit in Harry Potter. We'll, we'll have multiple times where everyone's sort of like, yeah, okay. You know, and Harry's like, I'm so sad. Yeah. But that's, I yeah, I think different from actually being in the minds of those students where it's like, yeah, what what does that look like when you're just like, Harry's in, in a sick bay. I've been watching too much sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> I mean, essentially Harry was in sick bay. <laughs> And you're like, yeah. okay, cool. My shift starts at 1800. He's not fucking here. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like it's honestly surprising we don't get more of that in Buffy because that is a thing where I'm like, I would just love to know what is everyone else is just like, I mean, I guess she's a teen delinquent. She's like never in class, but she did save me from that weird dude one time in the park. So I guess she's cool. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, I... I find this deeply fascinating because like, right, like it's because we're in the heads of the trio. And if someone were to say to like Simon, like I'm kind of pissed that like I missed going to like the lacrosse finals because of these werewolves. And Simon would be like, I had to fight these fucking werewolves. I'm like, that sucks, dude. But yeah, I love that Neve was just like, we were vaccinated as in like, who cares if we get attacked by a werewolf? <laughs> like, I think there are more bad things that can happen from being attacked by a werewolf than just getting the lupin virus or whatever. Okay, but it sounds like if Agatha's fangirling is correct, maybe Neve could just take on a werewolf with her lacrosse <laughs> stick. Like That's very true. 
scissor it between her thighs you could serve tea off of and just break its neck. Oh my god, yeah, I have so many things about this later because I'm uh-huh. just like... Because <laughs> of course I do. Right, and I'm like, yeah, Neve could... I would total wholeheartedly believe that she could take out a like a werewolf with just like her lacrosse stick and her just like totally. fabulous thoughts <laughs> yeah <sighs> so yeah I, I love this viewpoint i love this viewpoint from neve who's just like oh uh, yeah when you were in school <laughs> yeah <sighs> welcome to sun shivers down my spine where we talk about sexy stuff you want to pick up right where you left off? All right. So we learn about Neve that she is built like a lumberjack, is wearing what I envision to be Dickies or Carhartts or whatever the UK version of those sort of like butch work clothes. And what I am envisioning, thighs that could squeeze a watermelon and it would explode. Yeah. Sign up for lacrosse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and not to yeah. and not to mention Agatha's memory of like her platinum blonde. I'm imagining extremely transformative lesbian haircut that she had that Neve had yeah. all throughout. Did you look up the person that Agatha compared it to? No. Uh, it should be the first person that comes up if you type. It's N I A L L, and then I think N I A L L. Now Horn. Uh, yeah. It's good hair. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is an incredible lesbian haircut right there. Yeah. Very, very swoon-worthy. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's understandable that Agatha is minorly freaking out about that, <laughs> even though it's so rude to be like, what happened to you? <laughs> 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 like, you might as well have said you used to be hot. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that is basically what she that said. That is basically what she said. Oh my god! I, I will say though, God, hair makes such a difference. It really, you know, can make or break. I think I just always think about Jonathan and Buffy, where all of a sudden in Superstar, you're like, "Whoa, Danny Strong!" Like, hello, what happened? He put some pomade in his hair. Literally, that's it. Like, yeah, and same with season two of Heartstopper. Like, Mr. Farouk, I'm like, oh my god, you do not deserve Mr. Ajayi. But if he comes back in season three and he's put a little fucking pomade in his hair, I'll be like, hello, greetings, my man. You may date my favorite teacher all you want. (laughs) Just fix your hair. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it really, it really does. It really makes the difference. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to see Agatha basically, like, actually fall over when Neve fixes her hair a couple chapters from now. Oh, it's gonna be so great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science and research that we did. Um, I did not a lot of research. (laughs) But I do want to talk about all of the uh, the spells and the magical animals that we... I mean, I guess there's, there's a few. Um, yeah. Harpies exist here. Probably a thing that Simon has fought. <laughs> Probably. I'm, I am curious to know what version of harpies, because there are so many versions of harpies, some more horrifying than others, you know? Yeah, for real. 
uh, and we have werewolves. And in the first time in a media ever, like we just like we have a vaccine, we have a vaccine for werewolf virus. And I'm like, yeah, I read a whole book about this, like about like <laughs> weird anti-vaxxers who are like this werewolf vaccine is, you know, a conspiracy by the government. And then it's like your kids a fucking werewolf because your dumbass didn't vaccinate your kids against werewolfism. Yeah. Where is that book? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it'd be kind of triggering yeah. in this day and age. Stay nay. Well, too close to home. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'll write it anyway. <laughs> to <laughs> exercise my feelings about people who are in NFX. Yeah. Hey, everyone. There's a new COVID vaccine. Go get it. <laughs> Go get your COVID vaccine and also your flu vaccine because getting the flu and thinking it's COVID fucking sucks. And also getting the flu sucks and it also kills people. Don't don't get the flu. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I I realized there were other spells, but I only wrote down Mary Had a Little Lamb. Um, so I guess let's start with that one and then we can go into the other ones. Yeah. Um, I had, I wrote here, Mary Had a Little Ungulate. Is that what, was that what hooved animals are called? Ungulates that have multiple stomachs? Bovine? Bovine. There's like, so like hooved animals that like eat grass and like, foliage and have a bunch of stomachs like cows and goats and not pigs Hooved. i'm working on it bovidae is their family Where did I get anyway because at least with agatha using mary had a little lamb on something that is lamb adjacent or in the bovine family works yeah i mean what is it that penny is always saying it's magic is half intention or whatever yeah i think it makes it makes sense sorry there's a bug (laughs) this is the second time we've seen a nursery rhyme cast which is cool because apparently they're very hard to cast and agatha spent like three quarters of this chapter being like i'm terrible at magic and then she does this incredibly difficult magic yeah interesting yeah maybe she has the what it takes to be a magical vet after all yeah, it does seem like this goat starts reacting to her before she even really starts casting. Yeah, so. which I think I have a little bit of a theory about, um, but we'll get to that in future chapters. Um, cool. We also get the other spell that we get is get your goat. <laughs> yeah. So, which from everything I know about keeping goats would probably be very useful if you had goats. <laughs> yeah, I hear they're very hard to keep. Yeah, they're kind of assholes, but I think that's kind of what I like about them. Also, they can eat poison ivy, and they're cute. And I just have one more thing here, which is about the merewolves. Yeah. Uh, We learn here, I guess, I don't know when, but the merewolves have eaten all the fish in the moat, and now they need to be fed pieces of horse, which I'm like, curious choice of food, but whatever. Um, How much is... Like, how much is horse meat? I'm like, there's not a cheaper meat you could be giving them? I don't know. I thought it was weird, too. I'm like, horse meat? Like, why? Why? And I mean, people do eat horse, but I'm kind of like, that seems, I don't think. In the UK, are people farming horses for meat in the UK? Horses are fucking expensive. I don't know. I know they, I mean, they eat horse meat in France. So I know that there's uh, people like, Cultures that do, obviously. I just don't think it's like a big... I don't think a lot of people are eating horse, is what I'm saying. So right. that's why I'm like, this does not seem cost effective. Yeah. Uh, so, and there's not... There aren't enough wild horses for that to be like 
their diet is to be like, whoa, we're keeping them on a close to their natural environment diet. I'm like, they're not, they really eating that many horses. <laughs> yeah. It's very confusing. Um, but I was thinking, cause Neve is like, yeah, they ate all the fish out of the moat. And I'm like, so either two things are happening for what I know about if you're ecosystems is that either there are too many mare wolves in the moat and probably should be called if they don't have a natural predator to like eat the mare wolves um or there's some kind of invasive species to like this region of the uk yeah the mage imported them no i don't think anyone knows where he found them i think well at least i think we only heard about this from lucy but i think she was just like Davy, where did you find these fish monsters? Like as she's a ghost floating around, just sort of mulling upon it. Um, so I don't, I don't, maybe he made them, you know, maybe they're like mm-hmm. Frankensteins. But yeah, they definitely do not belong in this moat for sure. Yeah, everything about this is a very like unbalanced ecosystem that like, you know, I am normally, I don't know. I normally don't think that uh, people with colonizer mind frames should be doing any kind of uh, trying to deal with the eco- like ecological problems. Uh, but this seems like a minor enough one that maybe there should be some intervention to not have the werewolves. Yeah, I mean, they were imported, yeah. so they're an invasive species, yeah. you know. At least I don't think they can get out of the moat. It's a very small-scale problem, but... Yeah. I think it would be fine to euthanize the merwolves because right. you're probably not going to like take them back to wherever they came from, you know? I'm sure someone has a like uh, carnivore, magical animal sanctuary that they could potentially go to. It's just, they don't have to be here. They don't have to be at Watford. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, this is not, they're not, they don't belong around children. You no. know, they seem very dangerous. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, don't let invasive species, any, everyone, learn about learn about your local invasive species and how to get rid of them because <laughs> they are bad yeah. for the local ecosystem. Anyway. <laughs> yep. All right. Do you have anything else here? I do have anything else here. Perfect. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Uh, next time, we will be reading chapter 25. Until then... Check out our other podcasts. Maybe join our Patreon for several discussions in this episode that will not be in the <laughs> public feed about random shit like a bug I saw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, until next time. Scatamoosh. Scatamoosh.